Hello world and welcome back. This is Carrie Go by Cutica Health with your host, Aman. Today we're looking at the topic waterborne diseases. Waterborne diseases. That is what we're looking at today. So the sources of water, like lakes, rivers, wells, collected rainwater, etc., all of these can easily become contaminated. And utilizing or using contaminated water for food or beverage preparation drinking, bathing, or other functions can cause one to fall sick. Waterborne diseases can also be acquired from animals or person-to-person spread. Now, waterborne diseases are illnesses caused by germs that are spread through contaminated water. The World Health Organization cites that over 844 million people are lacking even a basic drinking water source and about 502,000 deaths per year have been linked to use of contaminated water sources. The commonest waterborne diseases in Nigeria are cholera, hepatitis A and E, typhoid and worms infestation. Children are mostly affected and this is due to poor hygiene, sanitation and weak immunity. So, Let's move forward. How does water get contaminated? I mean, now we know there's something called waterborne diseases, but how does water get contaminated in the first place? In many developing countries, infected water is used for drinking, food preparation, and washing due to lack of water treatment facilities. Also, in places where there is limited availability and access to water, people are forced to manage and reuse water, which increases transmission of waterborne diseases. Now, natural calamities like flood and earthquakes can lead to the contamination of water bodies as floods can cause an overflow of sewage treatment plants, which may spill into lakes, rivers, and etc. Earthquakes can also disrupt the natural balance of water bodies, creating a new environment that favors the growth of germs. Using untreated water from this source, in turn, can be harmful. The use of contaminated farm water also leads to the colonization of the soil and the crops grown in it. This consequently means consumption of crops grown on such soils may cause infections. In many places, water is supplied through a central body. Where there is negligence of the cleaning staff at the water treatment plants, there is also a high risk of transmission of diseases. So now let's look at our second question for the day. What are some common waterborne diseases and how do they present themselves? Number one, cholera. This is more common in children and it has a high death rate. It can be fatal within days or hours even. People with an underlying condition like HIV stand an increased risk of death due to immune suppression. Infection with cholera may present as watery diarrhea, fever, abdominal cramps, muscle cramps, and vomiting. Number two, typhoid. Caused by the typhoid bacteria, typhoid fever presents with fever, headache, loss of appetite, constipation, and weight loss. Number three, hepatitis A and E. Apart from spreading through consumption of contaminated water and food, hepatitis A and E can also spread through physical contact with an infected person. Some symptoms include fever, nausea, diarrhea, and vomiting. Severe complications may arise if patient is not treated on time and adequately. And last but not the least, number four, worm infestations. An example of parasitic infections is guinea worm. However, there are many such infestations. Infection with worms occurs from drinking stagnant water or food contaminated by fleas that host the parasite. 
So now that we know some of the waterborne diseases and how they present themselves, let's move forward and look at the treatment of waterborne diseases. Now, the most common symptom of infection is vomiting and diarrhea, which causes dehydration. This is the most important treatment in waterborne infections. Other treatments may include antibiotics, antivirals, or antiparasitic medications, depending on the type of bug involved. People having moderate to severe vomiting and diarrhea will need to be rehydrated, as loss of fluids can lead to death, especially in children. Now, our final question for the day, what can be done to mitigate the problem? Number one, health education and change of behaviors or practices. Number two, using clean water for cooking, drinking, washing, and other functions. Number three, keeping our surroundings hygienic. Number four, purify your drinking water. There's something called water guard. Purify your drinking water. Number five, avoid eating street foods, especially from places that are visibly dirty. Number six, avoid eating cut vegetables and fruits from the streets. If possible, when you're outside, it is better to eat only foods that can be peeled like banana and oranges. Number seven, wash fruits and vegetables under running water before eating them. Number eight, regular washing of hands. Number nine, and this is the last one, safe disposal of waste. Do not empty your waste into water bodies. Now, waterborne diseases continue to be a public health challenge as many communities do not only lack access to clean water, but also engage in practices that promote the spread of germs. You can consider taking a vaccine if you can afford it when traveling to areas with poor sanitation and unsafe water. You should know that when one individual gets sick from waterborne disease, there's a risk of an entire community contracting the illness. Therefore, to curb this problem, collective efforts must be made. Do it for yourself, do it for your neighbor, do it for your loved ones. Thank you so much for joining me today. That is all I have for you. Now, for more information on health-related topics like this, simply log on to www.cuticahealth.com. That is C-U-T-I-C-A health.com. And for more episodes like this, find us on your podcast platforms like Spotify, Amazon, and Apple Podcasts at Carigo by Cutica Health. I hope you always stay alive, healthy, and kicking. Don't forget, this is still Carigo by Cutica Health, and I am still your host, Amar. I'll see you next time.